0: Here's Pastor Scott. To say what God has told me to say today, and I want you to be ready to listen. We have got to hear what it is that God is saying to us. Um, and I know that there is a right now ready word from God today. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, uh, our opening text is going to be in Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-one, and following. These verses will be on the screen. Uh, so follow along as I read out loud. This is Jesus talking. And in Matthew 6, 31, he said, so don't worry about these things saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, I just feel compelled to put some verses on the screen in the King James for people who've been in the church for more than 30 years uh, because uh, it. it It's going to resonate in your hearing. I'm going to read that verse 33 in the King James Version. Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to talk to you this morning from a sermon titled, Let's Seek the Kingdom of God. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for giving us even this natural facility to come together, Lord. We're the church. And we thank you for giving us a building to congregate in. You said when we gather in your name that you're here with us, God. So we welcome you into this place, and we ask you to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Whoo, man, God hit me hard when I just asked him to have his way. Uh, do you want him to have his way? Woo, man. We we got we gotta get back to the old church mindset. We gotta get back to Mother Jones and Sister Mabel. And and we, we gotta just walk around saying, Have your way, Lord, have your way. Yes to your will, yes to your way, yes to your word. We gotta say that old song we used to sing, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And I want us to get a mindset where we spend, hear me good, whatever life we have left doing better than we spent on the life we've lived up to this point. I hope you know there's room for improvement. If you are the most spiritual human being on the planet, if you fast three days a week, if you pray nine hours a day, if you read your Bible 16 hours a day, uh, you still can go higher. And I want us to truly spend the rest of our lives being the best representatives of God and children of God that we can possibly be. Now in this text Jesus was trying to get us to understand that even though food and drink and clothing are necessary to our survival, our biggest need is not food or drink or clothing. Now every time I read this passage I'm like, man, these are the most basic things that that there is. I mean cuz ha- think about if you had no food, nothing to drink and no clothes. We'd all be here naked. You don't want to see that. Trust. Uh, And we'd all be here hungry. You don't want to be that. And we'd be dehydrated, and you can't function that way. But he said that these are not the big things. Uh, I I grew up, uh, or my kids grew up, two sons uh, raising these boys. Out of their mouth came this statement on more than one occasion. Dad, can we go eat? I'm what? Starving. Starving. And I'm like, okay, well, there's cereal in the pantry. And there's food in your belly. You ate in the last 12 hours. You're not starving. But how many, can y'all, how many can agree? Food is necessary. Fluids are necessary. Outside of a nudist colony that only is attended by weirdos, clothing is necessary. To say, hey, you don't need these things that much, I'm like, well, something good must be coming because that is what is on the top of people's minds. Um, <sighs> come here, Seth. I'm looking for young legs because I hurt my back last week moving some stuff in the church storage room, and I'm not going to bend down. Come around this side, son, in the front, and grab that nap, that handkerchief for me because you know Seth, Seth, Seth has had the unenjoyable. Thank you, son. Come on, y'all. Y'all put your hands together. People willing to serve in the church. Seth had the unenviable task of walking behind me many times and just holding my back and trying to make sure I, uh, I was able to get from the car to the front door on, on my worst days. Um, but we want to look today at the number one priority that Jesus said we need to focus on, and that's God's kingdom. But to focus on it, we got to know what it is. Now look at my guy. You're repping them Kansas. I had somebody talking about the guy that wears Kansas City gear. And uh, they, they asked me, was you a real fan, or did you just like the merch? I said, man, uh, go, walk up on him. Ask him anything about Kansas City. Ask, ask him anything. I don't even know if you remember that guy's name. Every time I try to think of that number 46 that killed his whole family for Kansas City, Benny something, uh, they, see? There ain't nothing about Kansas City Chiefs he doesn't know. Uh, and he knows they're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> See how excited y'all get over football. Y'all see how quiet Wayne is. Wayne's like, I ain't going out there, Pastor. I'm just going to be humble. I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna be dancing in my living room when they, when when Mahomes is raising that second trophy. Um, how do we how, how in the world do we get on the Chiefs? <laughs> stuff we seek, stuff we look at. There, there's so many things that we've made important in our life. Oh, pastor, I got to go. My show's coming on. We ought to have church uh, on, during the same time the Super Bowl's going on. See how that works out. Um, but we, we have all these priorities, but Jesus plainly said, seek first the kingdom of God. Another translation said, seek the kingdom of God above all else. But if I ask you, what that meant, if I if I went row by row and I just said, if I started with G and I said, okay, tell everybody in the room what the kingdom of God is in a precise, concise statement. Uh, how many of y'all know you don't want to go first? <laughs> how, how many of y'all know we'd get different answers? How many of y'all know most of them be wrong? <laughs> well, we want to get the right information right now because... Uh, we we need to know what god is requiring of us now the phrase kingdom of god is found in the new testament 68 times how many times uh, the phrase that's the phrase kingdom of god the phrase kingdom of heaven is found in the new testament 31 times so that's 99 bottles i mean that's 99 times that's funny that's 99 times that the bible says uh, that talks about this kingdom concept. Now, if I asked you what's the difference between kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, we'd get more commentary on that. But let me tell you this. They're basically the same. They're basically interchangeable. When the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's usually talking about the exact same thing as the kingdom of God here here's here's a, a couple of examples of interchangeability in Luke 7:28 the bible says for i say unto you among those that are born of women there's not a greater prophet than John the baptist but he that is least in the kingdom of god is greater than he in Matthew 11:11 11, 11, the bible says verily i say unto you among them that are born of women there has not risen a greater than John the baptist notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than thee uh, greater than he. So when Luke, our book of the month, get in it, when Luke gave his uh, accounting of this uh, verse that Jesus spoke, he said kingdom of God. When Matthew was describing the exact same thing, he said kingdom of heaven. Matthew always preferred kingdom of heaven. He could have said kingdom of God, but he said kingdom of heaven because Matthew was a Jewish person And his book was written specifically to Jewish people. There are more Old Testament quotes in the Gospel of Matthew than the three other Gospels combined. And Jews did not like anyone to speak the name of God because here's the reality. Uh, Will Smith will tell you. What did Will Smith say? Keep, Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Now, why did he want uh what's a little man chris rock to keep his wife's name because he didn't feel like that his wife's name was getting the respect that it deserves and so to avoid sounding less than respectful pronouncing it the right way they wouldn't even write it down the, the spelling for it got lost and they just started throwing a bunch of letters together because a real Jew wouldn't would, didn't like writing it or saying it lest they do it wrong or with less respect so instead of saying kingdom of God uh, Matthew typically uh, stuck with kingdom of heaven but I want us as individuals hear me to live On a kingdom level. Now, if I went around the room and said, okay, this week did you live on a kingdom level? And I started with Nancy and I went all the way around uh, to Elder Keon. And, you know, we we would get a bunch of different answers. But God wants us to live on a kingdom level. Say kingdom. kingdom. Not on a natural level. Now, most of what we do is on a natural level. When you sit down to watch TV, you're probably doing that on a natural level. When you do whatever it is that you enjoy doing, we exist in a natural world. Am I right? We we live on this earth, and it is not God's desire to snatch us up off this earth the minute we got saved. If that was his plan, we'd all be gone. He wants us to live in this nasty now and now. He wants us to live on this earth, but he wants us to be kingdom dwellers on this planet, and I, I want you to learn how to Live as an individual on a kingdom level and think as, an, a, a, on a corporate, as a corporate church, I want us to think kingdom more than we just think Monday through Friday day in, day out. Because here's the reality. Being in church is not always exciting. If all you did today was come to church because you were supposed to, if all you did today was come to church because that's what good people do, if all you did was come to church because you're supposed to be here because you've uh, got a ministry assignment, then that's going to get tiresome. That's going to get negative. That's going to get nitpicky. How many of y'all know being around people ain't always easy? Because sometimes they'll try your last what? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but here, here's the reality. If you can transition from just being in church to being in God's kingdom, that's exciting. Uh, working for your church, it, it's, it, working; it's not always satisfying just to do something for the church, but it's always satisfying to do something for God's kingdom. Pe- people aren't always uh, godly, but, but kingdom people understand who God is. I just had a thought hit me. If I was hyper charismatic, if I was in the church I attended when I lived in Tampa, I'd have said, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost." The Spirit of the Lord just told me that God is a creator, but the devil is a what? Imitator. And God has a kingdom, and it's important. It's the first and highest thing that he said to seek. And look how the world wants to create. The place you can spend the most money in one day, outside illegally, is the magic. It's the happiest place on earth. Now, now, D- Dina's family's got a hilarious story about the happiest place on earth because if you haven't been around her husband, Deacon Scott Mills, he is a funny dude. He may, he'll, he'll crack you up. And uh, every time, if you've ever gone to Disney World, you get on that tram, guess, guess what's on that tram? Some kid's screaming and crying and going nuts. You stand in line. And some kid, I don't want to be here. And, and, and Deacon Scott will lean over, happiest place on earth. Do you think, let's say there's a real God, which there is. Let's say there's a real enemy, the devil, which there is. Let's say God has a kingdom that he wants us to seek more than anything else. Do you think it was coincidental that Walt Disney named its number one money-making park the Magic Kingdom? No coincidence there. The world has a kingdom, but God has... A kingdom, too. And we need to transition from a church mindset to a kingdom mindset. The problem is most people don't even know what the kingdom of God is. Most people don't know what the kingdom of heaven is. We've covered this before. Years and years ago, I I, I taught uh, about nine messages over uh, a a three-month span on kingdom. And I told you that the kingdom in the Bible is a dual concept. How many is dual Two. It's a two-fold concept um, that, that presents the kingdom of God as, number one, a present reality. A present reality, and number two, as a future hope. Now, let's think of number two first, a future hope. That's what most people think when they think about God. Uh, The the future hope that one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. The king is coming. The king is coming for me. And we've got this mindset that one day we're going to get off this wretched world and we are going to step in to the king. That's the future hope. And I thank God that there is something better, something greater, something more amazing beyond this life than what we've got going on right now. I don't mean to put you on the spot, Hugo, but you blessed me so much in that that brief conversation we had outside when I was walking over. I almost went back in my office and wept. I almost went back in my office and and, and stripped down naked and run around uh, singing in tongues. Because Hugo, I, I, was, I was talking to him about the ministry he's involved in. He told me he loves the ministry he's involved in. And as long as he's alive on this planet, he's going to be showing up doing what God has called him to do. I thought, I can quit right now. I can go to heaven a happy man right now because somebody finally gets it. And I know he's not the only one, but it's, 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 it's so exciting. Uh, when we move from that future hope to that present reality, because some people are living that present reality right now. They've made God's kingdom bigger than what this world has going on. So we've got this present reality. The kingdom is supposed to be happening right now, but it's also the future hope. Listen to Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God was there when Jesus was walking on the planet. In Luke 17, 21, the scripture says, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So it's here and it's inside you. That that's the present reality. The future hope is uh, soon and very soon we're going to see the lord but you got to understand present reality and future hope there's the kingdom is here it's in god's children but there's also a coming kingdom hear me good that's going to be better than this people get so upset about what's going on in their life right now uh we need to think uh like the old church mothers tried to tell us uh it's just passing through baby it's just a, it's just a, the bible says it's a short affliction the Bible says trouble don't last always. The Bible says there's something greater coming than this. Don't get so bogged down in what you don't like about the world right now. That's the distraction of the whole woke movement. They want everybody to get passionate about wokeism because it takes our mind off kingdom. That, that's, that's, that's why the, these politicians spend so much money. I heard somebody say one time, uh, "What what type of person would spend $500 million, to get a four hundred thousand dollar a year job, I mean, I, I'll let you be the pastor right now. I, I, I'll let you take my salary. You give me if you give me a million dollars, you can have it all. Now we'll open up across the street. <laughs> but but they, they 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 spend so much money to get people so fired up about their different political lean because it all is a distraction. And Jesus said to seek what first? The kingdom of God, this present reality, this future hope. It, it's in us, but there is a kingdom coming. Kingdom teaching is at the heart of what Jesus talked about during his earthly ministry. In Mark one fourteen, the Bible says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of The kingdom of God. Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 10, 7 says, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You don't hear a lot of talk about kingdom in church circles in the Western civilized church, but it is all throughout scripture in Luke 4 43 the Bible says and he said unto them I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities for therefore I am sent and in Luke 9 2 the Bible says and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick you can't preach the kingdom of God if you don't know what it is you you can't explain the kingdom of God if you haven't been had explained to you so let's talk for a second about what is this kingdom of God slash kingdom of heaven number one The kingdom of God is a place where God is ruling. Say ruling. It's it's a place that is ruled by a king. There's no kingdom happening if there's no king. And there's no kingdom being manifest unless somebody is being ruled by that king. Every king has servants. I I went to a leadership conference one time, and they said uh, a lot of people think they're leaders, but if you look around and no one's following you, you're just walking alone. The, 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 you, people who are walking in the kingdom of God understand that a king has servants. I, I love what the Webster Dictionary says. It's a territory or country subject to a king. The American Heritage Dictionary says it this way, a realm or a sphere in which one thing is dominant. A realm or a sphere in which one thing is dominant. Now it's always dangerous when you take comments from the peanut gallery uh, because you can get far off topic. And I want I want to get to my punchline. But what would you say is dominant? Let's think about this realm, this 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 this, this uh, world we live in. What is? Let's narrow it down. Uh, to Florida, let's narrow it down to Jacksonville, let's narrow it down to your community, uh, your neighborhood, uh, where, where you live, where you work, how you do. What would you say is dominant in our today other than the kingdom of God? Anybody? Somebody said something and didn't repeat it. Parents, what else? Work, Football. That's the bit. That, hey, that's the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room right there. Uh, America runs on football, um, but but what's even scarier than that? Do you know what's watched more heavily than football? Soccer, NASCAR. You know what the number one most watched sport in America is? Soccer, followed by you'd never guess this. Cricket. People in India play cricket like mad. People think America is such a big country. Do you know over two-thirds of the population of this planet live in either India or China? We're tiny. They, they both have billions of people in their country. We've, we've got less than 400 million. Uh, so we, we tend to think in, in terms of the whole world bows down to America. But you got, you got uh, soccer, you got cricket, you got table tennis. You, uh, here's something guess what gets watched more than football you wouldn't even know it nascar and w w e but if you ask the average sports fan what what what's what's the dominant sport in our country by far and away it is football sports are dominant in our country politics dominant in our country materialism is dominant in our country um all that and Family, whatever it is that dominates your life should not be dominating your life because there's only supposed to be, look at according to American Heritage Dictionary, how many things are supposed to be dominant in a kingdom? Just one, just one. And if I stop right now and, I'm, and I walked up to everybody and said, this is the end of the service, I want you to tell me one thing that is dominating your life. We would hear sports. We would hear money. We would hear my bills. We we would hear uh, my children. We w- we would hear uh, depression. We would hear all kinds of different things. But the one thing that God has determined should dominate all of our lives is the kingdom of God, the place where God is ruling. Now, the kingdom it, it's not so much a, it's it's not just a place to find as much as it is a place to be lived. Our journey isn't to the kingdom. Our journey is inside the kingdom because the kingdom of God has no physical boundaries. Wherever someone is walking in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's where the kingdom is. You can make your car the kingdom of God if the Lord rules your car. Now, how can God rule your car? Let's talk about it real quick. I don't want to be too long, but how how can God be dominating and ruling over you while you're in your car? What, what are some things that got to be happening? Obeying traffic rules, seat belt on, speed limit obeyed. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to f- have your chest beat faster every time you saw a cop with a radar gun if you were doing the speed limit already. Hello? <laughs> the, the, the way you drive, how you drive. God said obey the laws of the land. What about what you're listening to in there? Listen, some of of y'all don't realize uh, because when you you roll your window down uh, so you can smoke that last cigarette on the way to church so nobody sees you and you got your music turned all the way up, sound travels. We hear you from the stop sign. The kingdom is not in your car. What's in your car? Drake, Taylor Swift, I don't know who. But your car can be a place that is the kingdom of God. Your home can be a place that is the kingdom of God. What what did, what did God say in the book of Job? That we should make a covenant to God not to put any evil thing before our eyes. Your television room can be the kingdom of God, barely, but it can be. Or it can be natural. And we've got to transition. The reason why most people aren't fired up about their walk with God is because it's too natural and not enough kingdom. So there's no physical boundaries. It's a place where... God is ruling. It's a place where the authority of God rules supreme in the lives of his people. Now, now if I ask you, are you walking in the kingdom? You can only say yes, honestly, if God is in charge of your life. The, The second thing, the kingdom of God is a place where God is at work. Say work. It's a place where God is working. Because there's a corporate anointing talked about in the Bible, and God establishes things through places where he's at work. And I don't know about you, but I want to be where he is. I want to be where he is. Uh, I, remember, I said it's a present reality and a future hope. One day we're going to go to heaven, but I want to be where he is now. I, I, I want his presence in my life Now, a lot of pastors have preached messages, written books, and done uh, series on how important it is that we seek his presence and not his presence. Most people want the gifts with no regard for the giver of the gifts. But how rude is that? You, you, you wrap it up real nice, give it to somebody, you, something you bought in love, you hand it to them, and they're like, oh, yeah, thanks, I appreciate that. And don't even pay any attention to it. How many of y'all know that's how most people treat the grace of God? How many people? How many of y'all know that's how most people treat the the actual presence of God? We just overlook it. But I I want to live out the words of that song that the hymn writer said, and He walks with me and He talks with me. I want to be in an awareness that the Spirit of the Lord is here. One of the greatest songs, uh, y'all know. Y'all that know me know I'm more old school. I love old hymns. I love Keith Green music. I don't like the modern church music uh, that mostly is being played on the radio. But one of the greatest, I say modern songs, it's been around for a long time now, but how many of y'all ever heard that song? The Spirit of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. Don't you, don't, don't you want God to show up in your house, in your job, in your marriage, in your children's life, in your bank account? It's up to you whether any of that happens because although Christians may not be serious about being kingdom walkers, God is serious about what he teaches about his kingdom. Uh, I told you in Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said, If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God is come unto you. That's where God is at work. It's a place where God is active. It's a place where uh, the kingdom of God is being advanced in, in the great book, fantastic, probably the best study guide I've ever seen, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. He said, find out where God is working and join in, because that's what kingdom living is. Get involved in what God is already doing. You don't have to start your own. So many people want to want to just get mad in a church. Well, I don't do organized religion anymore. You know what that's code for? Rebel. You know what the Bible says rebellion is worse than witchcraft, stop, stop, being, stop being demonic and, and uh, bashing organized religion. God is at work around the world through local churches. I hope five people can say amen. amen. And, and if you don't believe that, show up here on a Saturday and watch us give away over $40,000 worth of food when we ain't never took up $40,000 in life. God is at work, and and God is able to do what seems difficult. But the kingdom is a place where God is active. It's a place where God is working. It's a place ruled by a king. It's a place where, where God is on his throne. Now, if God's ruling in your life and working in your life, you are walking in his kingdom. You're seeking his kingdom. If God's not in charge, If God is not dominating, if he's not the one most dominant thing, then you are not. Now, we have mistaken some theology by saying, well, I keep God first, but, you know, my grandchildren are a close second. Eh, That's wrong. It's, It's not first like that. It's not first on the list of 300 things you like. It's not first on the list of 10 things you focus on. It's first Only. It's no, when, when, when God said in, in his original commandments that we should have no other gods before him, that didn't mean there were, it's okay to have gods around him. If you study that passage in the Hebrew, you'll find out it means no, no one anywhere near the area. It's, god's not just first. He's first, second, third, all the way down to 5,000th, and everything else should be minimal. How many of y'all know that's going to take God to make that happen? Well, Pastor, we gotta live in this world. We gotta eat. Well Jesus told him, Stop worrying about eating. Well, you know, we gotta take care of the bills. Uh Jesus said this, and if you get this, this this is this is jumping way ahead, but if you get this, do what God says, and everything else will take care of itself. Jesus said, Seek God first, and all these things food, clothing, basic needs, necessities, everything you need will. Fall into place, we just don't believe it. Women are so bent in this generation about uh, be, being a queen, but they don't want to treat their husbands like uh, a king. Uh, men are so bent in this generation about lording over their wives and their children, but they don't want to treat their wife like a queen. We get in our mindset how how we want things to be, but we got to understand it's more important that we do what God says than what we think. Amen? So here's my punchline. If you want to walk in God's kingdom, you need to do two things. Here it is, easy. Bow and yield. You need to write that down or keep it in your head. Bow and yield. You need to bow consistently to the Word of God, the will of God, the plan of God, and you need to yield your own desires to what God wants. Uh, Deacon Dixon is out uh, d- doing some stuff on the church grounds right now, inside his ministry, uh, or, or I'd call on him. But how, how many? How many? Because he's the only person I know that served in, in our church that served over 30 years in the United States military. How many people served in the, in the military? Let me see your hands. Okay, so you understand it. How many people ever worked in a setting where you had to work for a boss and, and do what they said, even if they were, weren't as smart as you? Let me see everybody that ever had a job's hands. Okay, that, that's a lot of us. When you yield, you got to give up what you want to do and do what the boss says do. Now, I'm, my is my, my sitting in her Wave your hand at everybody, mama. My, my mom, one of the greatest things my mother ever did for me was to tell me to shut up. One of the greatest things my mother ever did to me from the earliest of childhood was to force me to understand that it don't matter what you think, Son. It's my way or the highway. I'm not asking your opinion. Uh, And she didn't give me, if I said why, one answer, because I said so. And I had to learn. Oh, well, there are places where people are in charge, and my opinion is not relevant. We live in a generation that doesn't like that. We live in a generation of these millennials. Some of y'all don't study generational breakouts. Um, Anybody know what the generation after millennials are? If, if you're, if you're uh, 22, uh, between 10 and 22, you know what generation that is? Those, those are Zoomers. Because uh, we went from Generation X, uh, which was the baby, bus- we, baby Buster or Baby Boomer. Uh, that's 1964 uh, or 1946 to 1964. Then comes uh, Generation X, which is the Baby Buster generation. Then comes Generation Y, which is the Millennials. Uh, then comes... Uh, generation Z, which are the Zoomers, the little babies now, uh, single-digit age kids, are the alpha generation. I thought, oh, man, that's kind of cool name right there. I like being the alpha. But we see in the millennials something that we've never seen in American history before, and it's all part of the culmination of the age. It's all part of the wrapping up of this planet. It's all part of the end times. Jesus said, these things must come to pass. Now, the millennials, this is people like in their 30s and 40s. These people, um, they, they want stuff that was never wanted before. I guarantee you this. When your granddaddy went down into the coal mine, he wasn't telling people, Hey, I want to I, I set this pick down for the next six hours, and I want to be part of the leadership team, and I want you all to hear my ideas. When, when my mother's father wa- was, was alive... And, and she grew up on a cotton farm, missing school days so so they could work in the field. He didn't care what your opinion of what he told you to do. He didn't need your, your, your insight. Millennials now, number one thing they want from their job is for their voices to be heard and their ideas to be implemented. Do you know what that's called? Lack of understanding authority. These are bad parents that raise kids not to understand something that my good mother raised me to understand. This ain't your house. Your rules, this is my rules, my house. This, we're gonna do what I say. Uh, I'm not gonna explain myself to you. If, if, if you don't like it, right out. My mother, uh, hey, y'all think I'm kidding? My mother will pack your suitcase for you. Yes or no? She packed my five year old brother's suitcase. He said he didn't wanna live here no more. Uh, she, oh, good, come on. She, she walked, got a suitcase, packed it up, put it, get. He's like, "What do you go get out? Walking now. We lived on a dirt road in the country. You know, you know what people who live on dirt roads have in their yards? Dogs, big dogs that bark. He got down to the next neighbor's, uh, in front of the next neighbor's house. He came back crying. All of a sudden, now he wants to be humble whole, and holy. He wants to know, can he live in his mama's house? See, some parents didn't, didn't raise their children right. You bowed down, uh, kowtowed to what they want. Now we got the whole world kowtowing uh, to, to the smallest percentages of uh, the population of this country. We're just bowing down. Why? Because this younger generation of people don't know how to live inside someone else's world. Mm, I could stay right there, but I am going to move on. Uh, you got to bow to his authority. you got to yield to him and understand it's his world, not yours. I don't have a problem with God making all the rules. I don't have a problem with God telling me that he takes counsel from no one and what his soul desires that he does. He is of one mind, and no one can turn him. Uh, He is going to do what he is going to do, and he don't need my opinion. I'm okay with that because I understand he's smarter than me. He's more powerful than me. Millennials didn't get that message because their parents didn't teach it. Them, but let me keep going Th- think about the best mechanic you know in the world if, if, if you got a mechanic named Bubba and Bubba's the best wrench turner in the world and and your car's uh acting up and your car's not perfect and you know Bubba could fix it it doesn't matter how great Bubba is and how much you brag on Bubba as a mechanic until you give him the keys to your car and step away from it and say go on Bubba do what you do and very few people have given the keys of their life to God and said, Go on, God, do what you do. We, we quote this half a verse. Not in my will, but thine be done, O Lord. Uh, and we don't mean that. We're going to see that in, in, in about 30 minutes when the bucket gets passed. Your will is going to stay in your pocket. Doesn't matter how great God is and tell him you hand him the keys to your life and say, I'm gonna get out of the way and let you work on that. How many of y'all know? I don't know if you've ever been trying to fix something, but but if you're if you're two elbows deep in a transmission um, and you got grease all over your hands and forearms, and, and somebody comes along and says, What's that? Well, that's the transmission, son. Well, what's that? Oh, that's the bell housing. Well, what's that? Well, that's the link. At some point, you're going to look at that person and say, would you shut up and let me do this? We're going to be here all day long. How do y'all, some of y'all that ever accomplished anything, you know it's easier to do it when people aren't in your way asking you questions and trying to argue with you about how you're doing it. <laughs> we get in God's way, wanna to, want to put our two cents in on how God ought to run his planet. It's God's planet. He makes the rules, yeah? All right, so we need to bow to the authority of God. Why? Because he is the king. Say that. He is the king. You need to just walk around saying that. He is the king. This is the number one problem facing uh, relationships, especially marriages, today in the Western civilized world. The reason why divorce is higher in America than any other country in the world is because in America more than any other country, the man and the woman wrestle for who's in charge. You think they're wrestling for who's in charge in India, China, Pakistan, any Muslim country where the majority of the world's population, do you know divorce is outlawed in, uh, in, in uh, half the countries or more in the world? Why? Because you ain't just going to, well, he, he ain't listening. He don't do what I tell him to do, so I'm going to leave him. Okay. Oh, so y'all are fighting for authority. We are fighting for authority more in this country now at every level. Children fighting parents. We, we got spouses fighting each other. We, we got all this. We got politicians, Republicans and Democrats, white people. It's all trying to distract us from putting God first and just doing what he says. And we got to learn that he is the king. I'm going to tell you this. You come into my house. And you sit in my chair, number one, my kids are gonna tell you, don't sit there. That's that's where dad sits. Oh, you you would let somebody No, I wouldn't. It, it, it just is what it is. You 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 come into my house and say, I want to take a nap. I got a guest room. Yeah, no, I want to take a nap in your No, you're not taking a nap in my room. Why? Because I am in charge of that house. And if you don't have the common sense to know that, you go over to Big Mama's house, and she spent all morning making chicken and, and greens and, 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 and potato salad and oven-baked macaroni and cheese, and you mess around and get over there and say, mm, I don't know about this food, Big Mama. You got any coleslaw? She would just throw the potato salad at you. Gail's mom taught my sons one of, one of the most valuable lessons in life. I love what she says, and I love the way she says it because she don't take no shortcuts. She t- she'll look at you in a heartbeat and say, you get what you get, and you don't what? And you don't pitch a fit. What it, what, I mean, I wish God would just write that on the clouds in red Sharpie. We got to get to the place to understand it's not about us. Somebody got rich writing a song to a generation of people that doesn't live out the lyrics, not to us. But to your name be the glory where we live in a world of self-promotion and rebellious thought. We've got to get to the place where we understand he is the king that take away all the why and all the disobeying. So we've got to yield our lives to him. Why? So he can work on us. You hand the keys over to the mechanic so they can do the work on your car because you believe they're better at it than you are. whatever more convenient or whatever but you give them the keys you giving them the you're yielding control of your car to them why is it so hard for people to yield control of their life to god when we say oh god's my number one why is it so hard for us to yield control of our relationships to god why is it so hard for us to yield control of our finances to god why is it so hard for us to yield control of our free time To God our our hobbies and our habits to God because we don't rightly live in the realization that he is the king. When you're in somebody else's planet, you ought to be willing to let them make the rules. Until you start providing the oxygen for for this planet and the sunshine and the rain, then you need to understand God's world, God's rules. Can we agree about that? Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We've come so far down as a society that we have to teach things in a way that people will feel like they're being benefited. Now, this honestly could be one of the most selfish things that you ever do because it works. You, 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 you want health, wealth, prosperity. You want all the promises that God has for you. You want God to do miracles in your life. All you got to do is put him first. Seek him first. Be be a servant in his kingdom. Stop trying to be large and in charge. And God said all this other stuff will flow into your life. God knows we have needs. He knows we got physical needs, emotional needs, financial needs. Uh, And he said for us to receive those things, we must first seek the kingdom of God. Now, if you know you need God to do more in your life than he's done, you need to seek him more. You need to get on His page and stop waiting on God to get on your page because if you haven't heard it enough, I'm going to say it one more time. God is not going to bless our mess. God is in agreement with Himself, and until we get in agreement on His page, we are just going to be swimming upstream for the rest of our lives. So I want you to think about this. Don't answer it out loud, but has God ever really been first in your life? And I mean first by a wide margin. I mean first where everybody on the planet knows first. I mean first where people know, oh, no, you can't talk to Mama uh, right now. Uh, this is her prayer time, but you, she won't even answer the phone right. Has God ever been so first in your life that everything else was a distant second, third, fourth, or fifth? Have you ever surrendered to his authority, to his lordship? Have you ever really allowed him to work on you? We used to sing... Uh, in, in, in the old church, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Well, God ain't working on you if you don't drop, drop your life off at his garage. You can know the best mechanic shop in the world, but if you keep your car in your driveway and not in their driveway, your car ain't getting none of their great work done. And until you drop your life off in the hands of God and say, God, go ahead. Yes to your will, yes to your whatever you want. And the reason why people don't do that, well, I got things to do. I got hopes. I got dreams. I, I like what uh, most people are not willing to let go. That it's biblical and, well, she can sing and she's pretty and, and, uh, and people like that. Uh, but one of the reasons why her song blew up so big is because it, it is a biblical concept. What did Carrie Underwood say? Jesus, take the, take the wheel. Why are you so determined to keep both hands white-knuckling on the wheel of your life? I'll make it work. I'll fix it. I, no. If you got your hands on the wheel, God is not driving. And we need to learn how to get out of the driver's seat of our own life and surrender to the Lordship of God because that's how you walk in the kingdom. Listen to this verse. I'm always done. Don't Almost done. Don't fade on me. Uh, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven off-quoted of scripture. Uncle Ken loved this verse. For I know the plans I have for you. Comma, says the Lord. Period. So not only do we pause, we stop. Commas for pause. Period is to stop. For I know the plans I have for you. God has a plan for you, and He knows what it is. Now, do you think God's plan for any of His children is that they be busted, disgusted, can't be trusted? Do you think God's plan for any of His children is that they be strung out and wrung out? Do you think God's plan for any of His children is they be so depressed and so worried and so tied up in nervousness and fear that they can't hardly exist? No, that's not God's plan for your life. You don't even have to guess about it. He went on in the verse to say what these plans are. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But here's where the problem lies. Most people aren't living a good life. Most people aren't living a disaster-free life. Most people aren't living a life filled with hope. You want to know why? You ain't rocking on God's plan. And until you start rocking on God's plan, then you you don't have the promise of good. You, You got disaster and bad Coming your way, and the reason why most people are struggling and hurting, and well, how long, oh Lord, how long? The reason why most people are wondering when is life going to get better is because they don't just have their hands on the wheel; they keep the keys in their pocket. They're not giving control to anybody. Uh, my, I, I, I grew up in a day and age where where men uh, felt like they only needed one tool to fix anything. Do, do, you, do, you know, do you know what you, you could uh, build uh, uh, a foundation of a house with? You know, you know what you could put up framework in a house with uh, and fix a television with? One tool. Hammer. Hit it with the hammer. How, how, how many of y'all had, had old school TVs where you just had to smack that thing on the side to get it to work right every now? Just, I, I, and Hey, say, they did the same thing with kids. They didn't always use a hammer, but smack it, it'll work better. People wondering when, when God's going to step in and fix stuff. God, God is not messing with your mess. And we got to learn how to let God give us this good plan, this disaster-free plan, this future and a hope plan. He's got a plan, but it's not to cater to us or let us do things our own way. Why doesn't God want us to make our own decisions? Why doesn't God want us to do things our way? Because we'd mess it up. Same reason we don't want our kids. Listen, this new age parenting, I've had parents tell me, well, I just think it's my job to keep them safe and alive and let them make their own choices. Hogwash. The Bible says a child left to himself will bring his mother and father to shame. I'm going to just let my kid pick what they want to eat. Okay, well, because the worst pizza I ever had was better than the best cabbage you ever made <laughs> to me. The, the, the worst pizza I ever had was better than, than, than your favorite stewed okra and tomatoes. Uh. <laughs> Let the children set, set the menu. Let your child decide what time they want to go to bed. The devil is a lie. Ain't no child got the brain power to decide what they should watch on television, what time they should come home at night, and who they ought to hang out with. That's the parent's job. And the kid ought to just be able to say, eh, "Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. It's your house, your rules. I'm gonna just shut up so you don't hit me in the head with a golf club." I had to get worried about my mama and golf clubs. That's a story for a different time. And a baseball bat. I've had. Hey, you, you don't don't. Hey, big red. What? Hey, she's short, but she learned early. You you, you gotta you gotta get that a. Uh, what what they used to call it? Um, that equalizer. You got to get that equalizer. You just go ahead and grab the, the, the hardest, biggest objects you can get, hit them in the head with. It. Even even the even the most stubborn teenager will stop doing what they're doing when they're getting hit with a bat. I'm not advocating that. I'm just telling you how, how I live. And even though I didn't give her the respect and the honor that she deserved, and even though I didn't listen to all of her wisdom, I do thank God for a mama that taught me how to understand that authority is in authority because they know better than we do. And that's why, if you will just get in your mind, he is the king. He is the king. He's the king of my house. He's the king of my money. He's the king of every relationship I have. He's the king of my thoughts. He's the king of my radio. He's the king of everything about my life. See, when that happens, then the plan that God, then you step in to the plan that God has for you. Instead of being over there wondering why life's so raggedy and shabby, some of y'all wonder why, why you don't feel as good as you used to, why God ain't as close to you as you used to. You're on your plan. You're on your agenda. God's not trying to get on anybody else's agenda because he loves you. The same reason a parent tells a child, stop hanging out late at night with them, with them, with them bad children. That's not because they don't like you and they don't like your friends because they want the best for you. And God wants to give you a future and i hope god has a plan for you and god's plan is for you to let him have control and to be the king in matthew 11:12 the Bible says, and from that time, John the Baptist began preaching until now. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. So here's what Jesus was teaching. Because there was a lot of pushback on John the Baptist. There's always been pushback on God advancing his kingdom. And so Jesus is talking to a group of people that were familiar with John the Baptist. That was the day and age they were living in. He said, from, from the day John started to now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Let me get an English major or someone who knows how to read with comprehension, according to this verse, how does the kingdom of heaven advance forcefully it takes force that's effort that 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 is sustained effort. Force doesn't come easy, that's blood, sweat, and tears that is putting your uh nose to the wheel your, your shoulder to the wheel and your nose to the grindstone that is effort say effort. But here's the thing. Most people are like, I don't want effort. I don't want to work hard in somebody else's kingdom. I want to do me. I want, I want, to, I want to have that Adams family life. I want to they do what they want to do, say what they want to say, dance how they want to dance, play how they want to play. That's America. M.C. Hammer blew up with that song. The movie wasn't any good, but the song blew up. Why? Because it resonates with people. I'm going to do me. I mean, we take it to a different level uh, in the hood than I'm going to do me. Um, that, that, that That's just that's just colloquial. I'm going to get me, not mine, I'm going to get me mines. I'm going to get me mines. What about that sounds like Jesus? Did Jesus come to get his hymns? No, he came to do only what the Father wanted him to do. He came to say only what the Father told him to say. We say we want to be Christians. We want to be like Christ. We want to live this kingdom life. You're trying to do you. The biggest problem with young adults right now is they were raised in a culture where they, they, they thought it was okay. I, 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 I'm i going to do me. I, 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 I'm going to be an individual. I got my own style. Okay, rebel. Rebellion is worse than what? I'm going to keep going. We're going to get out of here. Once you get involved in God's kingdom, life takes on a bigger meaning. I don't know if you've ever worked on a big project. I love it. I, I, I don't know how it, it snaps off to y'all. Uh, all, all, uh, quite a few of us, to be in a Navy town, Army people found their way to abundant life. But I, I was so proud of the Army because the Army makes the worst commercials in the world. The Marine Corps makes the best commercials in the world, so everybody thinks the Marine Corps is all that. The Army makes the worst commercials, in the world. The Navy has had some of the best slogan commercials um, that, that there is um, travel the world. It's not just a job, it's an adventure. Uh, but I was so proud the Army finally had a great commercial. They showed men driving tanks and blowing stuff up, and they showed people walking out of the back of a C 130, um, parachuting out of the back of a plane, and it said, no matter what you do or where you go, you'll never be part of a team is more important as this one. And people that have been in the military understand that. The camaraderie. Jake tells me almost every day. And I don't don't tell him. I've thought about telling him. Uh, Son, we just had that conversation yesterday. But I thought, well, he's an adult now, and he listened to me tell the same stories every day for 21 years. Now he's going to tell me his same stories every day forever. (laughs) He tells me almost every day. He's like, Dad, I had friends in school, but there ain't no friends like like the men you serve with. They, 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 ain't no, they ain't no friends like the one. Uh, and instantly, Hugh, Hugo and Stacy. Nah, they're just like the police force, you, you, you put your life in another person's hands and they put their life in your hands, you stand shoulder to shoulder in, 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 in the midst of it. Uh, that, that, that is when your life becomes bigger than just you. But you've got to surrender your will to the will of the person running the big unit. And God's running everything. And I believe the reason why some of you aren't happy is because you're trying to control your own life. The reason why some of you are poor is because you're trying to control your own finances. The reason why some of you are, are, are just not, not feeling the way you, you know God wants you to feel, it's because you're not living in the kingdom you're, you're, or you're being the king of your own world. I'm telling you, get involved in something bigger. I'm so proud and so thankful. For the volunteers we have at Abundant Life that make our food and clothing ministry work. This is four days a week worth of work and some have been doing this for a a long, long time, many years, many years, many years but I'm I'm, going to tell you something it's bigger than us well I can't give up an hour on my Saturday, it's my only day off I already give up however long you preach on Sunday who told you that happiness would be found in selfishness who told you that purpose could be found in your own individual life? No, it's when you become part of something bigger than you. That, that's why I, always, I almost always say it when I'm talking to somebody. When they want to compare anything to the Army, I just have to remind them. It's the biggest branch there is. It's the oldest branch there is. Uh, it, it's, it's the one that gets, gets, gets the work done. Now, the Air Force got some work done this week. So if you're Air Force, be glad for that F-22. Um, I don't know what kind of government allows a, a weather balloon to fly across an ocean from China and hover over our, our, our naval bases for five days, taking pictures of everything that we... I'd have shot that thing down uh, a, a, a week ago. When, did that thing come across Africa? Boom! Looked like it was heading our way, Doc. We shot it down. But getting to be a part of something huge, our food and clothing people, they know they're part of something that is helping folks. And that's why they come up here tired. That's why they come up here hurting. That's why they come up here when the other food and clothing volunteers are on their nerves because they know they're doing something big time. Are you involved in anything big time? Well, I come to church. Lost folk come to church. Are you really walking in God's kingdom? Or is your life making a difference? Because when you get to the end of this life and you stand before God at the the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to want to know, did you use the life that I gave you to serve me? And we want to help make make that happen for you. We want to help get you to a place where you are involved in something bigger than you, where you actually are forcefully advancing God's kingdom. See, God's kingdom don't advance on the couch. God's kingdom don't advance with you sitting at home. God's kingdom advances only by force. And we're going to help everybody get involved in advancing God's kingdom tonight at 6 o'clock. we got our ministry fair tonight at 6 o'clock. And I typically say on non-Sunday morning events, come when you can. Or even on Sunday morning, come when you can. Pray for us when you can't. But I want everybody to try to be here tonight. I want you to try to be here tonight no matter what you got to give up. Uh, it's, not, it's Super Bowl tonight. Next week, um, no Super Bowl to miss. I want you to come tonight at six o'clock because here's what we're going to do. We are going to have tables set up in the uh, fellowship hall. We're going to meet here at six. I'm going to pray. We're going to walk over there. And we're, we've got, uh, how many tables is it, Dina? All right, six tables. There's going to be trifold brochures there. There's going to be uh, a ministry leader there to answer any of your questions about getting involved in that ministry. There's going to be a list of the spiritual gifts that work well inside that ministry. It's important that you know what your spiritual gift is because if you work outside your spiritual gift, that's trouble. I don't believe there's anybody that can create order in children's church faster than me. Not in this church because I'm the pastor, um, and I, I got put to the test. Last time I got put to the test, before everybody told me, please let us handle it, Pastor, we, we were in the Blanding property, and we were building it out, and we were there. We, we built that whole place out. We, sh- we gutted it. We built every wall. We built every bathroom. We, 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 we hung every, every piece of sheetrock. We were up there. People would come straight to the property on, on our last facility from work, and we'd stay up there all night long Working hard. People would bring their kids. Kids would be running wild raggedy, getting in people's way. One night I'd had enough of parents not keeping their kids in control, and there was about 10 of them. And I got, a, I said, sit on that wall and shut up. Pastor, you ain't supposed to tell people, shut up. I think some of them heard it for the first time. I said, don't move. Don't talk. Don't touch anybody next to you. Or I'm going to go to my office and get some duct tape, and I'm going to duct tape all of y'all and put you on the roof. They sat just like this for the rest of the night. Some of y'all are like, oh, yeah, my daughter's still in therapy for that. We're going to send you the bill. <laughs> I am a professional at getting order out of children. But I ain't the best choice for running children's church. They're going to get duct taped and on the roof. I could do. I could teach children's church. One of these children's church workers want to preach on Sunday and let me run. I I can run it. I won't enjoy it, and they won't enjoy it, but it'll get done. Some of y'all don't enjoy what you're doing because you're operating in the wrong capacity. You're trying to serve in a ministry that you're not uniquely gifted for. And I want to show you tonight, and I'm going to spend time with everybody that comes. I'm going to hand deliver everybody that comes. I'm going to answer every question that anybody has to find you the right ministry. Listen to these. There are 24 ministries being represented tonight at this, at this ministry fair. And I'm going to help you pick one uh, to start getting involved in. Because if you keep just laying back, waiting on everybody else to do everything, Everything is not going to get done. Uh, you, you say, well, what, what kind of stuff are we talking about, Pastor? I'm going I'm to give I'm you a quick rundown. We got the band, we got the choir, we got nursery, we got pre-k, we got next level teens, we got greeters, we got the welcome desk, we got the parking lot attendants, we got children's church registration, we got ushers, we got security, we got food and clothing, we got inspirational care, we got prayer ministry, we got altar ministry, we've got the cleaning ministry inside the church, we got the building and grounds ministry outside the church, we got our youth ministry, we need mentors, we need drivers, we need event planners, we need hosting, we need people to bring meals and snacks, we got an IT medium ministry we got an audiovisual ministry we got a website ministry that's 24 and we're throwing a 25 out there tonight we're gonna have a blank sheet of paper out there that if you think well why don't we do this uh this would be awesome and it glorify god you're gonna become the leader of that ministry right there if it's valid and we're gonna throw number 25 out there tonight on a blank sheet of paper because it is time to get on with the getting on and put god first and let him have his way If I asked everybody in this room, do you want God to have his way in your life? People would say yes. If I asked everybody in this room, do you believe Jesus died on the cross for you? So you could have eternal life, people would say yes. I've been telling you, I've been saying this for 40 years. Since Jesus loved us enough to die for us, we ought to love him enough to live for him. Do you love him enough to live for him? See, talk is cheap. But it takes money to ride the bus. Anybody can say, I love the Lord. But how do you show it? How do you show it? The number one worship, the number one Greek word for worship in our New Testament, our New Testament just uses the word worship. The most prominent word for worship in the original language was latreo. And it means to show someone how much you love them by serving them. Um, I appreciate the tea this morning. I don't know. I, I, I'm just guessing that you're the one that did that. If Diane knows I'm coming up to the office, she'll get up. And, 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 and listen, she's over 35. <laughs> Sometimes it's not easy for people my age and older to walk across a building and, and to start doing stuff physically. But if she knows I'm coming... Like this morning, I walk in there uh, because I, I, I like to drink some hot tea to uh, soften my voice up, soothe my voice. And there, the cup was right in, right underneath the spout of the Keurig tea-making machine. The little, the little pod was already in it. All I had to do was close it down and press the button, and, th- and there it was made. She don't do that because she wants to be in the tea business. She don't do that because she wants a tip. She don't do that because she wants me to talk about her from the pulpit. She does that because she loves God, and she loves people, and she wants to do what she can do to be a blessing to her pastor. Now, we've ra- we've been raised in a culture where people love to suck up to the preacher. That ain't what that is. And every new person that comes to church, they want to do what they did at the last church, and and, and, and get an attaboy and a pat on the back from the preacher. And, and I have so many people come to me and say, Pastor, I love the Lord, and I'm about that life. Anything you need me to do, you do you, let me give you my number. Whatever you need, I'm your man, 50 grand. You let me know, and I tell them all the same thing. Anybody know what I tell them? Go see Dina. Well, I I, I, I want to no, you're not going to serve me. We're going to serve the Lord. I, I'm, 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 I'm busy doing what God has gifted me to do. And here's my last question. Are you busy doing what God has gifted you to do? Come tonight, and let's, let's take a look at some different areas. Because if you love the ministry you're in, boy, I'm, 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 I'm messing hard with Hugo this morning. I, I don't know that there's ever been anybody more gifted to run a security ministry. How long were you in law enforcement, Hugo? 35 he spent his entire adult life doing law enforcement providing security for people. How, how, how many of y'all know that's a natural fit? He's, he's the head of our security department. How many of y'all know that's a he do he's doing what he's built to do? He's doing what God created him to do. He's a protector. He he, he is a security conscious human being. That is that's hand and glove fit. Where do you fit? We got we got people in our ministry. I, 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 I think about Elder Keon. Elder Keon is, is uniquely gifted to do what he does. Every, every now and then, I, I feel bad because something will come up or, or, or my, my, my back will be so locked up, I won't be able to come to church on a Wednesday night. And uh, if, if I have to ask him, hey, man, can you, can, can you teach for me this week? I feel horrible because I know God has uniquely gifted him to teach truth. Young people, and they're not going up there uh, playing spin the bottle and pin the tail on the donkey. They're not going up there and and conflating worldly ideas with christian ideas god has uniquely gifted him with a mind for detail and a mind for education and a mind and a desire to hold on to the truth and i can promise you this when we've got people like hugo Rame, hugo ramos overseeing our security ministry and people like keon johnson teaching our young people we're already miles ahead of where everybody could hope to be I never met anybody that was more conscientious about dotting I's and crossing T's than Dina Mills. You're never going to find anybody that will put together a program. And people who have the gift of administration also called leading or rulership, they know how to take a project from start and and, and do all the steps to pull it off successfully. We, we, we've got the most uniquely gifted. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This church could do without me way faster than it could do without Dina. Y'all get anybody to come up here and Ke- Keon come up here and preach. Uh, El-, El Jimmy could come up here and preach when he's in town. <laughs> Throw that in there. What do you do that is your wheelhouse? Well, Pastor, I'm not sure. Come tonight. Before you leave, me, you, and the Holy Ghost will find it. And I can promise you this. Life takes on a better meaning when you have purpose that is connected to God's kingdom. Most people have found purpose in things that aren't connected to God's kingdom. But if you come tonight, we're going to help you connect to something that you love to do and that you're going to be great at. And what you're going to do when somebody recognizes how great you are at it, I pointed out Hugo, I pointed out Dina, I pointed, pointed out Elder Keon at what they're great at, you're going to do what they do. You're going to turn around when somebody recognizes how good you're doing at what you're doing for the Lord, and you're going to give God the glory. And our Heavenly Father is going to smile down on Abundant Life Christian Fellowship, and we're going to be doing what God called us to do. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. He is on high, and he is the king.